Welcome guys to the MMOs.com podcast. This is episode 87 now, and this is Altai joined this week by... Amir. Gumble. Matt. Sombra. Oh, I mean, Shirley. <laughs> 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 oh, God. <laughs> Alright, All right. Uh, before we get distracted by other nonsense, we have a very interesting weekly raid this week, so we I actually do. want to talk a lot about that, so got me, take it away. So, uh, the other day, we were chit-chatting, and we stumbled upon a video, I believe Erhan posted it, and it was of a it was very, it was Omer, he wants credit. I want credit. And, and we found this very pristine internet cafe in China. It, it's, it was beautiful, it looked corporate, uh, I mean, I guess that's not a nice adjective, but it was very nice looking. You, you could video. embed sure the stream. video, you had to just link it, huh? No, 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 we don't embed videos in the weekly array. The point is this. All right. We asked ourselves, why have we never played games in an internet cafe first? And that answer is kind of obvious, and that really comes down to, I think we can all agree, that each one of us had a powerful enough computer at home in order to play computer games. I think most of us came from suburbias, we didn't live in cities, and even in cities in America, it's hard to find an internet cafe. But I'm wondering, would we have even played games in an, in an internet cafe if they were available to us? I'm not sure. There's certainly a social aspect to it that we missed out on. But if we don't need to play because we have powerful enough computers, why would we bother? So roundtable discussion, who wants to take it first? Uh, well, the history here are, um, is in these countries where it's a big part of the culture, like China, Korea, uh, and Japan, for example, there, when they initially got started with internet cafes, they were not as wealthy as America. Remember, computers came out in America first, uh, the, and then they were they were the, the personal PC was priced at and made for American consumers. That was that was the price point and the technology level. So when they were available in these other countries that were poorer than America, you know they had to kind of rent them basically at internet cafes. Uh, so that's why the culture took off. That's why it never took off here. And it, and the problem is in Japan and Korea, it's still a legacy. Like even though people have money. They kind of got used to the internet cafe thing. And here, we never got used to it because we never had to. And that's why I'm going to say, even when they're available here, because there are some in Vegas, people will, will not go. Most people will not go. All right. Okay, I'm going to say the problem is they're not well established in America. And I don't think anyone is really, at least not the ones we've seen, have been done right. I know my brother's talking about there's a couple in Vegas. But the problem is they're not very inviting, and they're located inside of like a Dave and Buster style environment where you have all these little kids running around. You have like uh, these crane games. You have these arcade, like these really like kitty machines to win like plushies. It's not like an environment that's inviting to someone like me. And I, I mean, the room is very dark too. It kind of defeats the purpose of what I, I think an entire cafe should be. Like that video we saw looked awesome. The place is lit up. It looks nice. It looks like a, maybe a social gathering. I feel like if these were set up properly, it'd be a place I would like to go to. Like, it, it just seems like a pretty fun place to chill, almost like a like a coffee shop, but for for gamers. I and actually I used to go to one of those. Go ahead, take it away. Oh, I'm really? Uh, yeah. So they 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 had a an internet cafe where I lived, and it was actually like a couple cities away. It was like like a good twenty minute drive, but like mm -hmm. me and my friends would still go there, and and the reason was because I mean, when you play at home, you know, you play like. League of Legends or Dota. I mean, back then it was only Dota, right? Mm -hmm. But <laughs> when there's other people playing there, like it, it kind of makes it more fun because especially if you're like good, good at the game, right? It's like, it's like me and my friends used to go there just to shit on people. <laughs> it was like the whole reason, and it was like really fun because like you'd go there and then like other people would like challenge you. They'd be like, hey, we got a we got a group. Like you want to play? And then we're like, oh sure. And then we play. And then we we uh we throw it down. And and there's something really exciting about that. You know, it's, it's it like kind of like the arcade yeah. mentality, you know, like it's it's kind of 
the new age, I guess, of arcades. Well, even though it's old, but mm-hmm. um, there's something really charming about going to like an arcade and then like you know putting your quarter up and then playing against another person in Street Fighter. It's a lot different than online because online like you're playing somebody and you have no idea who they are and you're never gonna see you know you don't mm-hmm. you're never gonna see them. There's just just some, something special about that like in real life moment. So I mean I I, I paid for it even though I had the the PC already. I had Dota. Um, I still still went there to play with my friends. So that place is uh, really jank, though. The place. <laughs> I think it's cool because again, if you beat somebody in person at an internet cafe, it just feels like there's more meaning. You know, you win online. You know, it's it. You know, you never see that guy again. There's no context to your victory. There's no like. But when you know you see the person, and, and it's easier to like, I guess probably make friends too when they're right there. You know, you see the same group of people all the time. Because honestly, gamers are pretty antisocial people from the get-go. But I think if they find other gamers in in the wild, as they say, when you actually have to go outside, uh, no, they can be they, they can be pretty um, social too. You know, you talk about what games you play, and I'm, I think people I'm are open about that. I have to interject here. Two points. Interject. <clears throat> One, uh, somebody in our chat actually worked at an internet cafe, and he says, oh, yeah? "No lie, people try to jack off all the time." Okay, that's one. Two. My <laughs> oh, dude, dude. <laughs> oh, oh my god, like. Oh, I, I gotta say something about. I right, go. Just jump in. Jump in. All right, all right, all right. All right. So I, I went to, like uh, back when I was uh, gonna go to Evo, like for Street Fighter. So mm-hmm. I, I was gonna go practice with some friends at this internet cafe, right? Because they they also had Street Fighter, and there was like a kid in the back, and he was leaning back really far, mm-hmm. and we were like, "What the hell, right?" Because we're just playing Street Fighter, and like somebody like looked like just dude what is that guy doing right so one of the people in that group just walked over there casually just like pretend like he's gonna go sit at one of the computers behind him mm-hmm. and he was watching videos on like how to kiss girls or something and it was like <laughs> everyone was like oh my god this is so cringy <laughs> it was like watching videos of like of like people kissing on youtube like oh, tutorials tutorials oh my god kiss- that's so cringe do you happen to at least he was studying can you, can you just pm me that link if you remember i, <laughs> I don't I don't know what the link was, man. That was hilarious. <laughs> I've actually met Daigo before. Daigo. All right, oh. what were you saying? And my second that point. That was one. People yes. jacking off is one. Yeah, second point. Listen, I've, I've, listen, I've been to a couple internet cafes here uh, in, in Vegas and a couple in Turkey because Turkey is much poorer, especially when Omar and I were younger. Uh, internet cafes were more common in Turkey because, like I said, the average person did not have a gaming PC. Uh, and I've watched videos online of gaming PCs in Korea, China, Japan. And Omar's talking about the social aspect and stuff. Listen, of every video I've seen and every real life experience, nobody is ever talking to anybody else. They're literally just staring in their own... game in the videos, that's why. I'm just saying, I don't know. There's a guy walking with the camera. We talk, we, we, there was the one Turkish kid we made friends with at the Internet Cafe when we played Counter-Strike with him, all right? Like that little game. Do you, do you not remember that? All I remember is being yelled at. <laughs> that was part of the fun. <laughs> All right, that's, that's a good story, actually. It kind of relates to this. So Omar and I were young. Uh, we were playing Counter-Strike at an internet cafe in Turkey. And we were on opposite teams. And you know the way Counter-Strike works is when you die, you have to wait until one team wins until and you can play again. So Omar and I are the last ones left, opposite teams. We're both camping on opposite ends. Because that's what you would do. Like You want to win. You know, you just want to go slowly. And then, like, five minutes later, like, one adult came up to me. He's like, what are you doing? Go play. Like, go go fight. We're trying to – we're paying to play. You guys are taking too long. I was like, oh, he's right. Like, I never thought of that. Because like, at home, you know, you just take your time. 
<laughs> uh, so that Good was a, that was a wake up experience for me. It was fun though. Come on. I, I felt nervous. I don't know about you. You know what I think would have been cool instead mm. of having the local rec center in my town. I think this is how it works: is it has to be local instead of the, having the basketball courts and all that. All yes. That crap. That shit. You had a you had a, a like a land center. Because then you're dealing with people, say, from your own high school and stuff. And then that, that social boundary that exists when you're in a public place like in the city you know, isn't there. So you're more likely to turn it into a social experience. Whereas if you're in, say, a major city and you go to one, you, know, you don't give a shit about these people. You're never going to run into them in your uh, daily life. So that would be cool, I, I think, looking back if I was a kid. And instead of, like, if we didn't have some friend's basement to go to to play computer games, we just go to the cafe, yeah. you know? We used to always, I mean, you know, I knew a lot of kids who would go to someone's house, they had a ton of computers, and you would all hang out and play games. And that was neat, because you're with people you already know. I don't know if it could work like what we see here, where if I lived in, say, New York City, I would go to a cafe because my computer's already, you know, better, I guess, or I have everything I need. Yeah. So I think, I think it could work, but, you know, it's a little too late now. Matt, I'm curious. Any, any thoughts on internet cafes? Do you think you would use one if there was one nearby you? I just already pay for PCs. I can't see. All right. I mean, it's, it's you're not paying people. to basically you, you you're paying for the experience. Honestly, I, I don't think it's really paying for the PC if you because most of us do have PCs at home. I mean, a lot of the social things you're describing are also dependent on playing the same games. Highly unlike. Yeah. I mean, I gotta be said too. The rec room thing. I think you. We all say people do have PCs at home, right? And I think Aaron makes it. Aaron makes a point. Pretty much every other podcast that people have, the average person is playing on a, a Duke PC, you know? So having an environment they can play on a good PC that's not spyware ridden would actually be a value add for a lot of people. You know, people game on laptops, they game on toasters. So I think having a decent desktop is a thing that would actually add value to a lot of people too. I think we all have pretty good PCs because, I mean, we're, we're pretty, we sit home all day and play video games, but not everyone has really, you know, top end PCs. It's true. Yeah. So I guess the, the basically question comes down to is, will, I think what sells this point is, are people looking for that social experience? Right. My, exper- my, my opinion is no. Um, it's, a, it's out of necessity, and it kind of just kind of is a legacy holdover now in the countries that no longer need that uh, necessity, like Korea and Japan. Um, so there's no really... So if I'm right, then the p- culture in Korea and Japan for PC cafes will wither away, right? As people kind of forget about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. Would, would you play an internet cafe if there was one near you? No. I'd go once, and then I'd be like, I, I get sweaty and like nervous and then leave. You wouldn't go like a lot. Yeah, like, like, sweaty and nervous be... and leave. I, I'm, I'm just being honest. Like, I, what do you want from me? Like, I, I see a bunch of strangers playing games. I want to say, hey, can I join you guys? No. I'm going to be like, well, play my own game and then leave. <laughs> just, yeah. hey, guys, can I play with you? And I mean, in my experience, I just I don't think it would work here because... Uh, I don't know about you guys, but a lot of the games that I play, I can't even get people to like help out with like dungeons when there's not a party finder. If there's not a party <laughs> finder pushing people into the dungeons where they don't have to communicate, they don't want to do it. Like they don't even want to do that. So I just I, I don't see it working. Yep. And, and just some context too. I mean, PC banks in South Korea they cost about a dollar an hour uh, to to play in. I'm sure the ones in China are probably a bit cheaper, and obviously the price varies where you go. I suspect these places make a lot of money on uh, selling snacks and sodas. Stuff like that, because you can buy food, you can buy drinks, you can buy everything there. 
uh, plus you're there for like 10 hours so it adds up the dollar the, the business logistics up. is a whole other issue i don't think it'll yeah. work for the business either in my in america yeah. because the places you want density right if you want a pc cafe you want it mm -hmm. in a crowded place you don't want to put it in the middle of suburbia right you want a you want a central location mm -hmm. right and a central location in america the rent is up you know is bleeding high when i can charge five dollars for a latte or i can you can sit down for five hours you know on a computer because the latte takes two minutes, right, to make, and then you're yeah. you're gone. Mm -hmm. the next, next, and it's a line. There's literally a line in New York <laughs> at every single Starbucks. So you're gonna tell me for the price of a sure. latte, someone can sit there and take up a valuable seat? Oh, he didn't pay five bucks an hour. He's not paying a dollar an hour in America. In America, it'd be more. Okay, but if you jack up the price too, yeah, it'd be completely unappealing. And it won't be in a very high rent area. You don't. I don't think. I don't think no one's gonna go like, in, in time in Times Square. Okay, okay we it? had yeah. we had a place in my town that. Uh, did Xbox 360s and PS3s, I think, if I remember mm -hmm. correctly, and they supplied all the games and everything. It was like eight bucks an hour. Wow. We went the one time, sat down for like an hour just to see what would happen. The entire time we were there, we were the only ones that went like prime time on a weekend. You know what I mean? Wow. Like nobody. Nobody cared. Like it, it was too high of a price. And that was out in the middle of fucking nowhere out here. Okay. That's a lot. That's a lot, Matt, because again, there, there is a esports bar which has all the high end PCs inside a. Inside, like a Dave and Buster style place, we have in a very high rent place, like a nice outdoor shopping mall, and it's like four dollars an hour. I think four or five max, probably less if you buy more time. So it was cheaper there, but then I don't think they're making any money on it. I think they're making the money on the Dave and Buster's crap, and that's just kind of there right now. The eight dollar pizza, like per slice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's where they're making the money. Pricey pizza. Well, I mean, I, I just think it'd be nice, and uh, I mean, if, if done right, I think it's a place I would want to hang out at. Instead of the coffee shop where I'm blowing money on five dollar lattes, I'd rather you know <laughs> go there. You know. But here's the thing: you're actually paying the five dollars, so they already got you in two minutes. Why are they gonna charge you? They got me. All right, yeah. fine. All right. <laughs> All right. That was a fun. That was a fun talk. We got you know. <laughs> we we have we have a lot of fun drama this week. Actually, I think the funnest drama is uh, the nostalgious bit, and I think Gumby wrote up the couple articles on it so gonna be what do you what do you, what do you, what do you walk us through the nostalgious drama well, my article was a shit post but uh i'll just give a, a summary and um i'm gonna link erhan the uh documents as we go along mm -hmm. uh, so we're gonna start in the beginning which is a couple months ago back in november nostalgious made an announcement an announcement at the end of blizzcon uh, nostalgious was a private vanilla wow server they had uh shut down after a cease and desist letter from blizzard and after blizzcon and after blizzard decided not to make an announcement regarding legacy servers Nostaria said, okay, we're going to partner with this other private server called Elysium. We're going to give them our source code, and they're going to get all the Nostarius characters that existed on our server. So they were essentially resurrecting Nostarius through this other private server. Okay, flash forward. Uh, on January 7th, uh, or in the middle of December, I think around Christmas time, they relaunched those Nostarius servers. Everything was going good. On January 7th, they launched a fresh start server. Now, the other day, Nostarius wrote a letter. Uh, on their forum, I, I guess not a letter, but it was a, a, um, which am I call it? Forum post. I guess it was a forum post. Let me see. I actually don't have it right here. Give me one I like second. The door. I like that. I like the door. And basically, what it said was, we're requesting that Elysium uh, stop using our source code, uh, which was supposed to be made public and never was either, and we request that they delete uh, all the characters that were from Nostalrius. And they said this in the, in the letter. They said that they want to do this because they feel that their efforts so far have hurt the chances of Blizzard creating legacy servers. So the idea is they essentially want to become, I guess, ambassadors for creating for, or for fostering the creation of 
legacy servers through Blizzard, and they feel that the perception of running a pirate server hurts that mission. Uh, in response, Elysium said, okay, we're not going to use your source code anymore. Uh, they're not deleting the Nostarius characters. If your character is already claimed, then you get to keep it. But if you never claimed your character from Nostarius until now, it's going to be gone. And they're going to switch to a new source code, which is called Anathema, uh, which is supposed to happen in a couple weeks. So this is all the drama that went on. Um, the public, I guess, didn't take too kindly to it. Some people did. There are a few conspiracies. And I refer to conspiracies as anything where we don't have specific evidence for it. It's quite interesting. I don't know, do you guys, before I keep going, do you guys have any thoughts on the whole shebang? I think that wording is by Nostralis is very interesting. So, for example, they said something like this. They they just realized this doesn't help uh, <laughs> like their image to, to Blizzard. But they didn't realize that when they made the threat months ago. Like, if you don't announce anything at BlizzCon, we're going to make another server, you know? <laughs> that that was a direct threat at Blizzard, right? Mm -hmm. and, and they made it, and they, and they went through with it, right? They gave all the content. Uh, yeah, they did. The yes. Okay, so they went through with their threat, and everyone at the time was saying that's like a direct, you know, throwdown. And, and now they just realize that maybe that's not gonna put them in good light later. with Blizzard. That's a <laughs> that's hilarious. First of all, and the second and the wording. Mean, go ahead. The wording. I, I the said thing. it then, and uh, the thing I, I think would happen with some of them, I guess. They threw a temper tantrum, and then they looked at the fallout of what they did, and they're like, "Oh, sh I'm not sure." That's what I think. I'm, I'm, I mean, from what the results of their temper tantrum were actually pretty cool. Like, the, you know, we got a new server, Elysium. It was working. It was on. It was, you know, very popular. Um, what I, what I, what I found surprising was the wording on this original post. Now is the time for legacy community reunification. Like, they're trying to sell their back, you know, backpedal as somehow good for the community and uh I'll, I'll let someone else talk about the whole pirate server issue because that, that someone brought that up that was good yeah the wording is absolutely nuts all right i mean if you look at the wording on the most recent nostalgia's post about it they said uh but moving from a fan server to a pirate server reputation makes it hard to convince that legacy fans have a place in the wow community the fact that nostalgia's used the term pirate server in all my years of gaming and playing on private servers have you ever referred to a private server as a pirate server? Mm -mm. No. no, it's nobody it's says that. That that wording literally means nothing. Well, one person that, that says that. One, yeah, Blizzard. Yeah, now the first person said it. Blizzard says that. Yeah. Okay. Go on. So the speculation is that Blizzard uh, somehow threatened or or cut a deal with whoever is left at Australia's, uh, saying, "Listen, you're on our payroll now. Okay, you know, we're the I'm the boss." And then this whoever's left in Australia's got browbeat into just towing the line and kind of serving Blizzard. And uh, Elysium, for their part, I think they were pretty good Samaritans. They kept, if you already transferred your server, you get to keep it. If you kept, if you transferred your character, you get to keep it. But uh, in good faith to Australia's, they said, fine, we won't use your code and we'll stop taking the transfers, which they didn't mm -hmm. have to do. It's not like Australia's owns uh, a database of characters, you know, like if, yeah. If, if Elysium was a pirate server, so was Nostralius, right? Yeah. So they don't own the code. Uh, so they were nice, that, but they were kind of playing ball. It's a nice community, you know. I'm sure whoever's still left in Nostralius and Elysium are in the same group of, like, you know, hackers or whatever, or modders. So they're just showing kind of courtesy to each other, I think. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Take it away. 
It is, it is just absurd, this letter. It's a major slap in the face. You cannot emphasize enough how much of a, like, an insult this is. I mean, it's clearly taken so negatively by the community. There's like 50 pages of people bitching, saying that, okay, you guys got bought out by, uh, by Blizzard. This is Blizzard writing this post. You can't go from two months ago saying that unless Blizzard specifically outlines a table, it's never going to happen. So we have to release our code. To all right, you know, we released our code, but but this is going to hurt our chances. No, this is this is a complete 180. Like, how does that happen? Like, it's nuts. No, actually, uh, um, go ahead, Matt. So, um, I just want to put it in there just to say I, I don't think they got bought in any way, shape, really? or form, or threatened. I, I, I threatened maybe that okay. that's because I mean they can just put they because they turned around and gave the code to someone else. They could have threatened them, like, get it back, or we're going to do something, you know? But um, no. All right. but I don't think they bought them, because Nostalgia's literally had no cards for Blizzard to buy off of them. There's nothing. I mean, Nostalgia's has no power in this situation yeah. anymore. They, they handed over the code. Yeah, they've they've already nothing. played their hand. I mean, there's nothing for Blizzard to buy. Therefore, I don't think they bought them. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Like, Blizzard could have done anything other than buy them and it just wouldn't make sense if they did buy them to me so do we all agree there's at least the the, the most likely scenario is blizzard had a hand whether it's a threat no actually i was (laughs) waiting till the end to say it i actually do not think blizzard is involved in this uh, for a number of reasons Uh, the biggest of which is that the last time blizzard did anything we immediately found out about it and i would be very surprised if somebody in either of these teams didn't say something about it and i don't see what the what, what would hold them back from saying that blizzard is involved in this if that's what they want to do. I actually think that whoever's left, this Viper person who wrote it, is dumb enough to think that this is actually the right choice and that this is actually going to help the community. Uh, there's, I think you, you never attribute to malice, which could be attributed to stupidity. And I'm all for believing that, because remember, Elysium absorbed much of the Nostalgia staff. And I imagine whoever wasn't absorbed into that is the community manager or some type of marketer, someone who can't code or didn't want to be involved in someone the Someone useless. And Useless, when you read the yeah. post, when I read it, all I got was this sense of, a, of an enormous ego on the line. Somebody who wants to be viewed as the ambassador of the legacy community. And it's very dismissive of other, other private servers. Because let's remember, Nostarius isn't the first private server, and it certainly won't be the last. Mm-hmm. And I also don't see what Blizzard would gain out of this by doing any of this, by orchestrating some type of surreptitious uh, attack on Elysium or Nostarius. They, they could just ignore the whole situation. It doesn't hurt them at all. They already went through this with Nostarius in the first place. All it brought them was, was PR they had to manage. So why would Blizzard get involved again and have to deal with another headache? Well, so there, I, is one, there is one thing that is going to affect this. There is absolutely zero chance that they're releasing the code now. Oh, no, no. They already announced. They're not, that source code will never be released now. I Actually, I was looking it up. I thought it had been, and I was wrong. It's an earlier version of the code. Now, that Nostalgia's code will disappear into the ether. Honestly, if Elysium comes out and says, here's all the source code that they gave us, it's free, it's public. I'd be like, God bless Elysium, all right? That's what Nostalgia should have done day one. They promised at the beginning that they would release all the code if anything happens, and then they didn't. And they held it hostage, and they did this negotiation with Blizzard. But they <laughs> with stayed- Mark Hurt. Yeah, they said from the beginning that they were going to release the code, and they didn't, okay? Yeah. And the people holding onto that code are just assholes at this point, all right? You promised to do something. You, you, you recruited volunteers to help you run the – make the code, and you don't release it. Elysium, release the goddamn code. Why Elysium not, you know? Is changing, uh, they can't – they won't now. Elysium is going to – has their own source code. 
which mm -hmm. may be the old Elysium code. Hopefully it's not. So here it's buggy. Just mm -hmm. copy pasta the, the Nostarius code. Shit, on. Yeah. I don't even know how that works, but. Um... It, so it, yeah, it, and you know what sucks? Go ahead, Shu. Well, I said it definitely feels like there's some kind of like like power play going on here. Like someone's like trying to like control like like the their reputation or something. You know, like like um, how do I phrase it? It's like I feel like they're trying to like make them like um, make themselves bigger than they are. You know. Here's mm -hmm. here's what I'm like, curious about. Like, Who, oh, Chef Chef? oh, is our people? I'll just say that. Oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, 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 what gives, like, what gives them the right to, like, to, like, hold things hostage and stuff like that? Like, like who gives a shit about these people? You know? <laughs> it's like... Fair. All right. Oh, uh, to play on that. Uh, do you think when when they transferred the Nostralius to Elysium, was like, do you think there was some kind of agreement that like it would be called Nostralius still? Because maybe it's just about, about the name. Like, if people are calling it Elysium, Elysium, Elysium. Maybe whoever's left in Australia is now like, whoa, wait a minute. This is our characters, our code. You know, we want to... Why would they write that post? Why would they write a post talking about uniting the legacy community? Well, under, the under their banner. Like, I, so, to, you know, to <laughs> go on what she was saying, maybe the whoever's left in Australia wants Nostra the brand Australia to kind of be the standard bearer for the vanilla community. And it's now, certainly possible. And now that they transferred their database and code to Elysium, Elysium's like, thanks, Nostralius, but you know now it's Elysium. You know, fuck, you know, forget, forget Nostralius. Anathema, that's what it's maybe, maybe it's that. There's actually I, I, a good theory. Somebody posted. Go ahead, Matt. Though, I, I think one of the biggest points that people are just kind of glossing over, though, is why did Elysium like give in? Like, why bother? If this is a power play, why bother giving into it? Why not just go like to mitigate drama? But, but what's the point in that? Because yeah. overall, both teams agree outwardly that they want legacy service and this drama as with all drama uh it hurts those chances greatly uh the story says letter i think hurt it as, as much as it possibly could alone all drama regarding private service is bad media for them mm -hmm. somebody laid a theory that said elizy will use the nosco nothing will change this whole thing is a pr stunt for the original nostalgia team to wash their hands of the project and not be linked to it anymore that's possible too but there is the original story seems working on elysium yeah, Some a bunch of them. Of them still we don't are. know exactly how. So what is it? When we say Nostarium, I don't know what who we're referring to anymore. The only person I know of is that Viper guy, who wrote. Who the is Viper? Do we know who he is? Is a random no. guy. All right, I'm, my remote conspiracy theory. All right, this would happen. All the Nostarius people that were that, that were anything moved on to Elysium. The guy who owns Nostarius.org, the guy who bought that <laughs> domain name. All right, is the guy who controls the data on Nostarius.org, including the form, including all the user accounts. And after, every, after all his friends left him, you know, the, develop, the actual developers who contributed to the project, he was the lone man standing. And he's like, fuck, I want to like maybe, uh, maybe he's like, yo, give me some money to the Nostalgia developers because he, he probably realizes Elysium is making money. I mean, they were, they were selling gold or something. That they're, I'm sure they're monetizing, right? Uh, no, it's just donations. Part of the original agreement was that they wouldn't monetize. Interesting. Okay, fine. They're making money on donations. He's, he maybe he feels like he's entitled to some of those donations, but he he just owns the the, the nostalgia.org domain, and he laid a threat like, listen, give me like give me a thousand bucks, otherwise I want to like sabotage this shit. And they're like, no, go away. And then maybe he just felt like he posted all this nonsense on the forums to try uh try getting some uh, blackmail money. That's my that's my conspiracy theory. Because who is Viper otherwise? It's some random douchebag. Who, who is this dude? He's a guy just posting the forum. 
I think the only one. winner here, the only winner here, is that one guy that's on Mark Kern's payroll now. Because <laughs> he's getting paid. That's true. <laughs> well, I think official uh, vanilla servers are still, you know, infinitely away. This we bring, we, we got no closer to them. But at Never. least they can still play on vanilla servers. You know, they're still around and they will be around for, for a long time. And to get off the whole uh, topic yeah. of all the bullshit, I do think there's some interesting stats here uh, maybe we could read. Uh, I think I do think they're interesting uh, that they had on since the launch of the Elysium Fresh Start server, and this just shows you the influence of vanilla, or, or maybe not the influence of vanilla, but how big a private server can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were 30,500 players simultaneously online uh, for the over the four realms uh, since wow. the launch of the Elysium PvP server. Uh, 17,000 players simultaneously online on, on the relaunch, the fresh start, uh, which I remember because the queues were huge. And 52%, according to Elysium, of Nostarius active accounts were transferred over 16 days. That's very impressive, I would say. Uh, uh, of course, it's, I mean, this is just insights that Elysium posts, so we can't really verify them. But it, it, nonetheless, it is interesting, and it kind of coincides with what I've seen, at least anecdotally. Yeah, fun stuff. Fun stuff. Hopefully the drama ends here. All right. I do think it's interesting how big the difference is in the numbers according to Nostarius and according oh, to yeah. Elysium. Nostarius is closer to like 10%. Right. Yeah, they both reported different figures, which is also very odd. That's a, Contradictions in data are never a good sign. Mm-hmm. So who, who knows what it really is? All right. And before we move on, what, and since we're talking about private servers, another private server launched very recently, if not this week, perhaps last week. And that was Uthgard, which is a classic Dark Age of Camelot server. Whoa, whoa, you mean a pirate server? Come on, get oh, it right, Altai. My bad, my bad. So <laughs> this ser- a Dark Age of Camelot had about, I believe, three core expansions since release. Um, and I think pretty much everyone, all the old school guys, hate the la- last one, which was Atlantis. Um, so mm-hmm. Uthgard is a classic server. It's got right now 1,700 people online currently. Which is That's no, actually hella impressive. It's nowhere near. The other ones are. Yeah, it's nowhere near Elysium or anything, right? But for a game like Dark Age of Camelot, which you know was much older than uh, WoW and much less known, it's still pretty impressive. You know, fifteen thousand accounts uh, created, seventeen hundred currently online. So that's pretty cool. That's remarkable. I mean, I play. Actually, I was on the official Dark Age of Camelot servers last week, and I made a new character. I was running around. The servers were all empty. Like I, I found so few people. I'm curious how busy this realm is going to be. I'm, I might just hop into this and see how many people are playing. Like if I can visualize like how many people 1700 is. But keep in mind, the game does divide. Um, there are three factions in Dark Age of Camelot. So like one third of the player base in one faction, one third another, and one third another, and they got the whole like own continent. So you you know it divides the player base into three. Yeah. And taking it to something I guess a little more uh, recent. Uh, Let's let's go to the uh, uh, hype me up of the week, all right, guys. I had a chance to play Maple Story Two this last week, so I feel like it's, that's I played it for a couple hours too, like uh, three hours or so, and I had, I had a good feel for the game. And I feel like it'd be a nice time to hype it up. All right, oh, well, please get me hype. You I told will, me I, it was super cute. It was. It is actually. First of all, I, I'm showing you some gameplay video over there. Uh, it is actually the cutest game I have played in a long time. It's probably the cutest MMORPG out there. And as somebody who played Maple Story One. Uh, obviously, you have big expectations for a game that you loved. And Maple Story 2, I think, is... um, They didn't go, like, the full retard route that Ragnarok Online 2 went with, you know, the massive 3D... It's a 3D world instead of, you know, the isometric 2.5D. I think it was a logical progression for the for the game. And it was actually a lot of fun. But essentially, it's 
instead of side scrolling, you have an isometric view. Uh, the graphics are very Minecraft meets Trove esque meets Maple Story. And it actually, I think it works really well for the game. It's not the same, you know, iconic side scrolling game, but as a, you know, as a new game, it had to be something different. And I think right away, Nexon realized how much money Maple Story still makes, and they didn't want to like destroy their old game. So they made Maple Story 2 uh, different enough. It's also worth mentioning that the game is not out in North America yet, and I played on the Korean version. There's only one server on the Korean version, but there's 100 channels, and the servers, it says it's hot, it's pretty busy. I mean, the game is not nearly as popular as MapleStory 1, but people do play it. And uh, a North American release is probably still uh, a ways away. At the earliest, probably by the end of the year. That's the earliest, because they are hiring a producer for the game in the California office. <laughs> so they are making strides to consider moving it to the West. And as I played it, I showed my brother as well. Uh, based on what I've seen of the game so far, I think actually the game lends itself, like, it, I think it'll be more popular in America than it will in South Korea. Because it follows a lot, like, it, it's not very grindy the way Maple Story is, and there's a lot more to do. The core gameplay is essentially uh, Maple Story meets uh, Hero Wars slash Dragon S with some action combat meets Second Life. I mean, there is some actual, like, a lot of non game, not a lot, a lot of non combat stuff in the game, which I thought was amazing. I mean, you have persistent world housing. I mean, like, we've had so many games of housing, right? From uh, like, So many games have tried housing, but no, like, so few games do persistent world housing. And in MapleStory 2, it just works, you know? It's not rocket science. I mean, even the busy towns, you can buy a house on certain plots. And there's 100 channels, so the quantity is not super limited either. Pretty much whoever wants a house can get one because of all the channels. And houses can be customized. The outside, The facades can be customized. I'm walking around outside town. I see this guy's YouTube and Twitch links on top of his house, right, as a banner. So he's advertising his YouTube and Twitch stream in the game. You know, I'm I'm in the biz, I'm in I'm in the uh, town, right, with the capital, and there's a there's a poster, right, and on that poster, anyone can put a picture on that poster. I, I, I obviously I assume it's moderated, otherwise there'd be lemon party on there or some other you know porn. But some guy put a picture of this Asian girl. I guess I don't know if she, his girlfriend or some random Asian girl. I don't know, but there's a picture of an Asian girl there. And I guess if you pay money in game, you can put your picture there instead. So like there's there's all these cool social stuff in Maple Story too that you don't see in other MMORPGs. It's not a typical Korean grinder either. You know, there's a lot more to do than just grind. And I thought it was like, incredible. Um, like you said that there was persistent world housing and because of the channels, but are they just gonna run out of channels like eventually? I mean, that's what happened in Final Fantasy too. Like it was huge at first. People were like, mm -hmm. oh, look how big this is, this this area, and there's so many uh so many wards, and it's full now. So it's like. Isn't it just a matter yeah. of but also keep in mind, there are there's there's a hundred channels and every like map has a bunch of uh, plots, right? And actually mm -hmm. like the the world is so big too that you can get plots, you know, there's hundred channels and every map has like uh, housing spots. I've seen empty spots like outside town too, like some of the busier towns. Mm -hmm. So you can still find slots. I mean, obviously if the game gets so popular, they might have to increase the number of channels. I mean I mean but that's an easy tweak they can make. Yeah. You know, you go from hundred channels to two hundred channels if you have to. Also, and the, obviously, the busiest, the best spots will be taken, obviously. Yeah, the I was going to say, the best spots and the best towns might be taken. But I'm sure on server, <laughs> on channel 65, in the middle of like desert, you'll find a house. Yeah, there you go. Um, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I thought it was funny that it is kind of similar to MapleStory in 3D. And what happened when they did that is they created something that's basically just an ARPG. <laughs> yeah, it, you, you have an ARPG vibe from it, too. And it, it ends up working because, I mean, honestly, even MapleStory as a side-scrolling game had that, you know, action element to it. It wasn't just a tab-targeting game. But I think they created something that actually worked really well for it, though. You have really cute animations. I told Shur earlier, too, it has some of the really cool aspects of Mabinogi, where when you're in town, 
you'll hear very familiar like anime music and it's not the game's music it's actually players can actually make their own music in the game and play various instruments so i'm walking through town and somebody comments on my stream holy crap that's the that's the music from yuri on ice it's an anime that my brother and I actually just ended up watching and people are saying in the chat legend of Korra, legend of Korra." they're asking the guy to play a theme song from legend of Korra. so people are requesting music from the game from people in the game so there's it, so there's there's so much like, more going on than just the core gameplay. There's these mini games built into uh, the game. Every once in a while, you can like do this trivia game where you're kind of in a platform, and they tr- ask you true or false questions. You go on which side of the map that you want to go on, true or false. And every round you survive, you get experience. You get you get rewards for doing these simple mini games. Is it, they're, they're trying to create a world where it's not just the core grinding gameplay. You know, crafters can customize some of the gear they craft and like put designs on them. Housing is almost like Animal Crossing, where you, have to, you, have to, you can collect all these amazing like rares and stuff. And I, I really liked what I saw. I was I had issues playing on the Korean version because it was all in Korean. But honestly, after playing it, I am mega hype for the North American eventual release. Yeah, and yeah, uh-huh. it looks it's a remarkable nice. Game. I, it's a very charming. I, you game. said that you think it could be successful in North America, and um, more so than Korea, I said. More so, even. just because it, it did not do well in Korea, it's still not doing well in Korea, unless I'm wrong. No, no, it's fair to say it's not doing well, but I think the way the game is designed, and from what I've seen, mm-hmm. I think Westerners will like it more. I mean, it's not a traditional, uh, I guess, ready Mind- set go mindless you know? grinder. Yes, it's not a mindless grinder, and I think sometimes I, I hate to say this, but sometimes like I, I look at it I'm like, holy shit, like Americans would love this game. It's not as big in Korea. People still do play it, but it's just not you know a big hit. Mm-hmm. I think the West sure. likes right. thinking no. games like like uh, creative games like uh, Minecraft, Minecraft, Terraria, uh, Trove, more than the just mindless grinders. And in Asia, the... this kind of looks like it too, right? Like yeah, it, kind of it has that look. Aesthetic, mm-hmm. you know. And I actually really love the aesthetic in the game. I mean, it's it's a mix of Minecraft and Maple Story, right? But I think it ends up working for it. And this game in 10 years, you know, it will still look charming. They're not going for like, and, and obviously Redrick Online 2 is going to look like shit in five years. I mean, it still looks like it's nothing special, you know? But this is the artistic style in this game kind of makes it timeless the same way Maple Story 1 is timeless. And it's I true. Think, yeah. It definitely has the right aesthetic going for it. And, you, and there's definitely something important about making your game timeless so it doesn't look like, like I couldn't play Rose these days mm-hmm. or. Uh, Similar Ragnarok Online to Korean MMORPGs, but it is, it's, it's got, I'm looking at the video and all mm-hmm. I can think is it stinks of charm. And that's a good thing. It's again, charm you can see gets the in the door. There's houses, like people are putting their guilds on there. You can literally put whatever you want on your banners outside your house. People put like letters, they put pictures, like what other MMORPG besides Second Life, right? Has this level of like customization. And Second Life isn't even a fair example because that game is like unintuitive to ass. It's like disgusting, you know, it's like, it's not even a yeah. game. You, know? you need somebody to, to, to teach you how to play that game pretty much. Yeah, but this is simple, and it's got, like, the amazing customization, the housing. And, and get this, guys. Like, I, I, had a, I had a bit of a misadventure in, in MapleStory, too. It took me, like, 50 minutes to, to correct my mistake. Essentially, I walked into a random house outside town, right? And I'm checking his house out. He's got some cool shit. He's got some teleporters in his house, like, five teleporters, six teleporters. I'm like, hey, I want to let, let's see where these go, right? So I walk into a teleporter in his house. And it teleports me across the world, right? I'm in a level 60, zone, like level 50 zone now. And the monsters are one-shotting me. And I'm like level 13. I'm like, shit, how do I get out of here? So I'm, I'll get myself killed, right? So I can respawn back in town. I get myself killed. I spawn in like a, a respawn zone in the map I was just in. So I am literally stuck in a level 50 zone. Oh my and was, god. And I was trying to find my way back, dodging enemies, 
going across maps, but the world is so big. It takes forever to get back to town. And I'm dying, trying to find a taxi back, and no luck. 45 minutes in, somebody from my stream messages me, some English speaker. He's like, add me to your friends. And he invited me to his house. So if you're friends with them, you can just go into their house whenever you want, right? So I, I joined, I went into his house, and in his house is a teleporter back to town. And I was like, thank God. But the point is, like, not only are houses really cool, like Animal Crossing esque, like collection mini games built in and customization, there's actually utility there. You know, you can have a house and have teleporters to like the, your favorite maps in the game, your favorite dungeons. I, I just thought, like, we've never seen this in an MMORPG before. You know, these are all like unique ideas being implemented in, in an Asian game of all things. You know, we typically do view Asian games as less, you know, innovative. But I thought this was remarkable. They did so many things different. And no, again, this is combining Mabinogi, combining Second Life, combining Maple Story, and combining something like uh, Hero Wars or Dragon Nest. And I thought, it, there's so much here that there's so much potential here, right? And they got it, and they they created a coherent game out of it. They just, I mean, I don't know about the end game, obviously, but if they when, if they polish it up and release it in the West, I think it'll do amazing in America, much more so than than <laughs> Asia. You know, there um there hasn't been really a good anime game that came out recently either, because like I'm I'm re I really want one like that. Mm -hmm. Kind of like to to fill like that Mabinogi gap, and mm -hmm. there hasn't been anything. So, what she said about it maybe doing well, like like maybe yeah. they'll contribute to it, because anime is still pretty popular in America, yeah. and they'll do really well. You have I, games I, like Twin Saga, but they're not like you know in depth. They, 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 they are what they are. <laughs> I, I have a question though. Do you know anything about crafting in the game? Like uh, how crafting is supposed to be a huge crafting? part of the game, and there was actually a crafting tutorial for me. You can see in the video, it comes up every time I load to a new map. But it's uh, I didn't know what menus to click, so I couldn't really explore it as much as I wanted to. But you, apparently, you can customize like furniture. You can like put your own brand on like stuff you make. Oh my so god! All that stuff seems like really really awesome, and it, it's you know obviously I, I had to play it more. But again, the, obviously menus make it issues. But I think there's an English patch for some of the menus that make it a little bit easier. And there are a few other English speakers in the game, like the one guy who helped me out. So that was Dude, nice. The guy has a car. What the fuck? It's almost like Terra, right? With the you see people this with the vehicles. Great. And oh you can do the emotes themselves are like literally heartwarmingly cute when you do them. And they, there's even like a little like phone app. You click on it, it takes like a selfie in the game, right? There's a little phone screen comes up. You can take selfies of yourself doing poses. You can like send them to people. Like there are so many cool little like elements of the game that are non-combat oriented which i think what makes mrpgs great and obviously this, this, this is all very hype because I, I am i am genuinely hyped for this game i didn't think it was a big deal because i heard about it in the past i heard it wasn't doing great and i've seen videos but i didn't know what to expect but having played it for a couple hours it's already like all right this game could do remarkably well i, I wanted to come out in america already i've heard that a lot of the issues that people have with maple story 2 is that it doesn't have a lot of content hmm. yeah that could be an issue if they, if they run out of stuff to do but I feel like in a game like this, you can always like the things you can throw at the game are there's so much beyond the combat. Like look, the combat actually works; it feels super fluid, right? You have skill trees, you have you know all these dungeons you can see right now, but like you can just add more mini games, you can add more like uh, housing stuff, you can add more uh, like crafting stuff. There's like the way the game is set up is comp like the, the the typical grind and progression isn't everything. I mean, you're I talking about lack of content. I literally just saw someone fly by with like a. a on a paper airplane and like those people <laughs> driving around in cars riding mm -hmm. bikes jumping around like mm -hmm. it, it seems like a lot of the con the content is is more just like what people do yeah in the game hanging out and making could, all these yeah. pictures and stuff there i say sandbox like there was a guy with like a bag over his head like as a cosmetic it looks so absurd like the amount of like weird cosmetics and stuff you see in the game were like 
are amazing. Like you look at one player, he looks like a really cute character. One guy's got like a bag on his head with a weird face on it, playing the piano. It's there was like, that it's, rainbow yeah. one. There was like a giant rainbow one in the mm-hmm. video. Like this guy ran by you and he was wearing like a rainbow bag on his head. And he had like a giant like popsicle like weapon <laughs> or something. Yeah, yeah there's crazy <laughs> stuff in this game. And I'm, I mean, it, it, look, if you're a MapleStory one purist, you not this is not maybe like this is not maybe a logical upgrade for MapleStory one. And I think MapleStory one will, you know, forever still be amazing. It still makes over hundred million dollars a year. But I think it's a nice, you know, nice kind of game. That's my final thoughts on this. Curious if you guys have any questions, or uh, what do you, what, how do, how do you guys feel about it? Well, I feel like if you want to try the game for yourself or try any other Nixon Korea game, <laughs> oh, uh, boy, here just check out the link below our Twitch uh, channel for uh, for our Nixon account. There it is. Uh, Soul Worker also just came out today, I believe, in Korea. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, before this, it was only available in Japan. And we also did a Sunday Funday for that a few weeks back. You don't need a VPN, which is nice. You just need a Nixon Korea account. I know a lot of you guys have been asking how to support the site. There, there's a twenty-five dollar donation button if you don't, even if you don't want the account. Well, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but you will get an account. We do sell Tencent QQ and Nexon verified Korea accounts if you want them. Obviously, any sales there support us, and we'll make sure the account works before you get it. Is and there an employee thing. discount? <laughs> uh, sure, don't worry. If, if, if you want, I'm just we kidding. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. All right, sure, don't worry. We got you for free if you want one. <laughs> and we might do a giveaway for some of those later too, just for fun. I'm, I'm like watching this video that you posted of it without mm-hmm. any sound and it's just like just just you walking around the town is entertaining just like looking at what's going on yeah like there's like that big mob of people like punching each other or something like a giant <laughs> circle is, <laughs> doesn't look so charming i like the cheese house that you keep walking up to. <laughs> it's like a giant piece of cheese and then there's a birthday cake house right next to it what a mm-hmm. cool game how kawaii is my character though that's what matters you don't. You, where's your mount, though? I don't have a mount. Yeah, I'm a peasant. Dude, this guy is riding on a cow. This guy right ne- next to you right now, he's riding a cow while lying on his back, looking at the sky. <laughs> what a good game. Hmm. Yeah, I'm hype. Again, there's no firm release date on a Western version. All we know is they did make some progress recently on job hirings in California for, I guess, a producer for the game. So hopefully, late 2017 <laughs> or early 2018. Until then, we're just, we're just speculating. So that that's that's what I'm hoping for. That's sad, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. All right, and move on. What's our our next topic? Oh, um, I guess this is worth talking about. If you you know we're talking about what we played, and we're playing Maple Story Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, he recommended a mobile game to me uh, months ago, and I ignored it because it's a mobile game. You know how like, how good could it be? Probably just garbage. They're ignoring things. What a surprise! They're ignoring people. Come on, <laughs> he would never do that. Um, Not our Airhan. So finally, I, I you know what I said. You know, let me give this a fair shake. Uh, I don't know what this is. Let's just see. Um, so the game what's was the Clash name? Royale. Yeah, what's the name? The game is Clash oh. Royale. It's basically never heard of that one. The best way I can describe it is a uh, real-time Hearthstone on your phone. Uh, you just drop these. You make decks of eight cards. You drop the little guys, and they go fight. Uh, I know it looks silly and stupid, but it's actually very competitive, and it kind of puts a lot of PC gamers to shame. And here's why. One, and most importantly, every game is a ranked game, and there's no PvE, only PvP. So anyone out there who's playing League of Legends, Dota, Overwatch, Battle Royale, like, I'm too scared to play ranked. I want to play regular, casual. You're more casual than a mobile gamer right now. 
By the way, this that's is, true. This is the top mobile game out there right now. So this is the top earner. So if you Most ever play unranked in any of these PC games, you are less, you are more casual than a mobile gamer today. Congratulations. Uh, there it is. If you haven't played it's this pretty game, funny, play it. But I think it is true. Literally every game is ranked, and you always see your rating, and it works. Like I, I see people play casual in Overwatch, and I always ask them like, why are you playing casual? Just play ranked, right? It's just, it just. People try, people try harder. Like, oh, I'm scared. I, I'm scared to play ranked, you know? I mean, and they play like, it's not even that they're casual. They play thousands of hours of Overwatch and League, you know, and all these games, but they play unranked. And There's some merit scared. to casual, though. What? What's what do you merit? mean? Like, like just having a, having a casual game just for, like, if you just want to, like, do something stupid or something like that. But, like, you, you can do that in ranked. Uh, in, in Clash Royale, you are forced to try new decks, new cards in ranked because uh -huh. there is no unranked mode i mean i personally like ranked i mean don't get me wrong mm -hmm. but i'm just i'm just saying like I, I think that's i think it's a good idea to have casual a casual mode maybe <laughs> i will clarify if you know you're casual and you admit it right it's fine it's fine i'm not gonna drip on you but i hear a lot of pc gamers especially league and dota gamers less overwatch and battle right just saying like how much how like how lame mobile games are and how like cool they are for playing pc games right you hear that mm -hmm. sometimes uh, we hear that all the time on here on on the on the stream. Don't worry. Yeah. So the people who so I'm I'm actually going after those kind of people. The guys that just play just play casual and they know they're just playing for fun or whatever. They don't care. Yeah, I'm not going after them. But there are a lot of PC gamers that are kind of full of themselves, right? So it's it's. I think so too. Guys, yeah. I didn't think a game that is only PvP, only ranked, would fit like the mobile like world, right? But this is a game that kind of proves that it works, you know. I agree. I, I'm still, I still play playing PC games, and a lot of mobile games are casual, but Clash Royale really puts a lot of those people to shame that are elitist. Isn't uh, Clash of Clans PvP only as well? Yes. Aren't a lot of mobile games technically PvP only? They're just asynchronous? Yes, but it's a different kind of game, too. A strategy game. Fair enough. Like, yeah, like, like this, this, this is comparable to Hearthstone, almost, like where there's an unranked okay. version and a ranked version. Some people never play ranked in Hearthstone, either. They only play you know casual games. Okay. Never played Hearthstone. And this That's is kind of relevant remarkable. to BattleRite, because when BattleRite first came out, uh, the queue was only ranked, right? Right. Uh, and then recently they added an unranked, which I think was a step in the wrong direction, but uh, there it is. Mm -hmm. No, my problem, I don't want to get off topic. We've had this conversation before. My biggest problem with ranked is what I saw happen in Overwatch, or with ranked and unranked, and it's that Depending on your player base, sometimes the player base will just treat unranked like a shit show and just not care. And sometimes mm -hmm. you want to play unranked to test uh, like a build or something. You want to try some strategy out or something. But you can never get an unranked team to cooperate, at least in my experience. No, that's true. That never happened. When I was playing Overwatch all the time. Just because once you have that dichotomy, you're like, okay, fuck unranked. I'm all about ranked. Who cares? So I, I, think, I think that comes down to your player base more than the actual ranked unranked, maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Though it's like it's it's a farce of what the actual game is. Nobody oh yeah, yeah. But I mean, I mean, look at Counter Strike. Have you tried Counter Strike Unranked? It's not even the same game. It's a shit show. It's, it's <laughs> literally people... not even. The, it's not even the same game. How many people can we stack? or something stupid? <laughs> Counter yeah, like Counter Strike's supposed to be like five on five. Five on five, yes. Yeah, so, well, I had a mind blank there, but then like the the casual mode like like 10 v ten, drop out whatever you want. And it's, so, it's so they got ridiculous. gun mode on. Doesn't have the same <laughs> rules. <laughs> you start with extra armor. You know, you start with bullet. Like, what is? It's so silly. 
One I've had people telling me like, scouts. like I'm afraid to play ranked, so I'm gonna play casual until I know how to play the game. Like you're not gonna know how to play the game by playing that shit. It's <laughs> it's not even the same. And also, here's a here's a bigger problem. Why is it okay? Let's say your rank in a game is like uh -huh. is fifty out of a hundred, whatever, right? Fifty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why are you ashamed or scared of that? Like just play the have fun. if you're not having fun, because the number next to your name is fifty instead of sixty. Just don't play that game. You know, like I don't get it. Like, who cares what your score is? Yo, we live in a world where everyone is spe a special snowflake, and we're all above average, right? And the moment the game tells us we're not special and we're below average is the moment it hurts our feelings. All right. Oh. I feel like the pussification of gamers. All right. It's, well, it's well, well. The real thing issue. is. is also with that though, it's like we live in a world where you play ranked and people will just shit talk you for your rank though. To be to be completely honest, like I don't care, but I mean like y you know you know what I've seen pretty much. It's like when I when I play I play Sombra in Overwatch, I get so much shit in that game that like I, I can imagine that getting to some people. You know, yeah. <laughs> remember people are naturally competitive number one, and we are super susceptible to to peer pressure. I mean, every time someone doesn't like my article, I cry for a good hour. <laughs> but, wow. So I, I, I do get coffee. why I do get why people <laughs> care about their rank because you don't want to deal with like rank 50 faggot piece of shit. Like it, it's it's annoying, right? And so you're just like, all right, fuck, I'm not going to play the game. It, it's very hard, I think. I think it's harder to not care then we make it out to be. It's like, you know, we say it, but I mean, doesn't that kind we're of hardwired to care. I guess. I, uh, but go ahead. I, I maintain that the reason that pay to win works is because we do care. We want to be yeah, better yeah, than someone a, else. That's a good point. I think I think Matt's right. It, definitely. But from my experience, like for example, whatever game we're talking about, I only uh -huh. if I say I play ranked, right? Everyone in the game with me is around my level, so they can't make fun yeah. of me because then they're making fun of themselves. Yeah, that's true. I don't yeah. get it. Like, like haha, you're rank eight, and, and I'm like, Wait so a yeah. so you're eight, you're either seven, eight, or nine. You know, you're kind of close to me, dude. What do what do you? What are you complaining about? And if you're That's playing true. with your real life friends, right, and you don't want them to know, wouldn't don't they already know where you are, regardless yeah. of the number? Like, like you can't you can't hide it from your people who know you in real life, like who play with games with you regularly. Like, even if you don't rank, you know, Q for ranked, they kind of know where you're at if, if they're your real life. So I don't know who this is trying to protect from who. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe because it's just part of our self reflection. We we tie our worth to what we spend the most time doing. So it, my, my, I, I don't know. My favorite comeback in league is when somebody calls you trash. Is like, and I, I, I've done it all the time. It's always a comeback. He's like, "Listen, I'm trash. You're in the same trash rating as me. You must be trash too, bro." And like, they don't say anything. Like, wait a minute, that that is how matchmaking works. And they, they, they shut up. Like, you're always playing with people that you know anyway. That's true. All right. Somebody actually mentioned League of Angels in the in the comment <laughs> that he's please diamond rank in League of Angels. And I wanted to show this off last week, but I never I forgot to. I found I believe. The most misleading ad in uh, in video game history. Check it out. Did did America, I was actually muted. I oh, said rip. I said um, I actually use that a lot now. What you said. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, should check out this Wait. ad. Let, let me let me see. This and I want the stream to look at this ad for a moment. This is the League of Angels ad, League of Angels two ad on Facebook, and I thought this was hilariously misleading because if you look at that little video they show off, right. And then you look at the actual gameplay in League of Angels. Why would they show off that video? There's literally zero resemblance. Zero. <laughs> it's like a sci-fi guy with a gun. And the game is just like this medieval. It's 3D. These models are 3D. These stats are like 3D. What is this? I think the better question is why does it have LB and RB like on an Xbox controller? Yeah. 
Another wonderful question. Why is there LB and RB on the top left and right of that screen? Wait, this isn't even how the game looks like? Shoot, I'm look confused. At... I've, I've never played it. Well, it has okay. 3D models in-game. They're 3D now. With no, the but, 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 but look at the screenshot I linked versus this video. Side by... It, 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 what is this? How is this <laughs> thing? And why is there LB and RB, as Matt pointed out, that you can see in the video? Like... There's, this is not an Xbox they, controller game. They just game. took it from a different game. They just made this shit up. <laughs> oh my god, it's nonsensical. Like how how do they and and the, the ad says blaze the screen. What does that even mean? Blaze the screen. Wait, where is that? Is that the end? It's on the the Facebook ad itself, like right below the video. It literally makes no kind of sense. Oh, blaze the screen. League of Angels, two boys, That's blaze the screen. I just want to bring up another competitive point. You know, someone mentioned in chat, really good point. Uh, competitive mode is there for, like, I guess, more serious competitive play for ranked. While mm -hmm. not, if you just want to do shits and giggles, you can play regular. Uh, my only counter to that would be if you are queuing against people who are just shits and giggling, maybe you're not that competitive. And if you are competitive, you will only be queuing against people who similarly take it very seriously and competitively and, and you know, objectively. So it, you know, it's it's you know, reflect on yourself if you're if you're in the shit tier and you're always playing against goofers, you know. Goofers. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. If you play ranked and you you con you constantly play for shits and giggles, you're gonna be in that low rank anyway. So it's no big deal. Yeah. What you're saying. Mm -hmm. All right. So in this awkward silence here, uh, more games I've played. Or, uh, I played. Um, all right. So. People made fun of me in the YouTube comments for the whole no soul thing, or did they make fun of Sean? I don't remember. They made fun of one of us for the no soul thing on um, Elder Scrolls Online. Oh, yeah, and, I, I said that. And since then, I have sat down and put at least another 15 hours into the game. I made a new character, Kajit, because Kajit Master Race. Uh, <laughs> I've gotten to about level 15, and I've been playing with Cat. We ditched out of the main storyline because it was kind of... Uh, dull to keep going back to the harborage and we went straight for the thieves guild and i've been having a lot of fun with the thieves guild thieves guild is uh straight up sneaking around like all the time these giant like metal gear solid-esque like maps mm -hmm. where you have to avoid people and i've been having a lot of fun with that i've seen you played a lot matt yeah, yeah. so so i know uh you were kind of the one saying the game was kind of forgettable the art style at least uh has it grown on you or is that still the weakest point it's still kind of the weakest point. It, I mean, the graphics are high quality, but they're still very, like... I don't want to say generic, because they're not generic. It's just something about them is forgettable. Mm -hmm. But it's a fun game. I, you know, We played it, and I think we all kind of had a pretty good time with that one. So that, that, that's yeah. good. It's good that you're still playing it. I mean, the gameplay is still really good. I mean, I, I never said the gameplay was bad. It's just... Yeah, yeah, I know. It, it has a few like extraneous details that make it a little less than desirable. That's all. I think the problem is a lot of people are very defensive about the franchises and games they really love. Like some people, are like you can never say something bad about my favorite game. But I think you know, I, I don't think when we criticize stuff like the art style, it's not like we're bashing the game. It's our opinion, obviously, and it's, it could be wrong too. Just how we feel. And I think even my favorite games, there's there's something wrong with it. you know. You can find nitpicks on any game. You know, it just it is what it is. I think mean, the Elder Scrolls franchise has a lot of uh, you know diehard fans that took what you guys said as like really. Attacking their gospel, yeah. Was that in the YouTube comments? 
Yeah, so yeah, some other people are like, how could you say that? Our style is forgettable. It's fucking beautiful. It's like, all right, buddy, relax. Uh, yeah. Games grabs are good. That's like, that's like I like apples, you like oranges. You know, it's not like yeah. uh, you can't disagree with me on my opinion on the on the art style. Well, yeah. it's an objective evaluation. <laughs> all right, course, this isn't this is journalism. Can you get your objective use, shit together? We use Venn diagrams, all right? Shit's real. <laughs> I still can't play it first person now. I, I have to play third person. Same. It's <laughs> same. It's so hard to play third person, uh, first person rather. Uh, I actually want to play some more of this too. I remember a lot of fun with this video, but again, my my MO platter is, is quite large. If, if the levels don't matter, maybe we can do a dungeon again sometime. If we can skip right to the next dungeon, yeah. that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it I don't want. I don't want to grind. I don't know how it scales. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of what we're playing too, uh, we did do a video for Moonlight Blade recently. Uh, any you want a quick recap? How you know, what we all felt about that game? Because that, that video did quite well. A lot of people. A lot of people were interested in Moonlight Blade. Uh, everyone loves what they can't have, and this game is only out in China. Uh, we did it for a Grindfest Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the general consensus was it's better than the other Chinese MRPGs that are similar, like uh, Revelation. Mm-hmm. Uh, or any other Wuxia uh, MMORPG. So any type of martial arts, slight fantasy-themed MMORPG, I do think Moonlight Blade shines the brightest. Not- it's got a drunken fist character. That's all it needs. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this: since I beat my brother in a duel in the post game twice, oh come on! I will say this has wow. the Rub best, the best, and most skillful combat. In oh, any, oh, most skillful in any now. MRPG ever <laughs> in every game ever released in history. Any right? video game any ever, game, right? Whoa, whoa, more, more than more than Blade and Soul. Oh, billion times more. He, like, he's always saying that because he beat me in a duel because his, his range character was uh, was OP or something, right? Nice. And with that, no, I think the game is coming. Uh, Revelation Online is coming out to uh, close beta three later this week on on the nineteenth. It certainly is on my birthday. And you know what's wow. funny? Last year, Blade and Soul released on January nineteenth. So they just they do it just for me. You're welcome. Also, <laughs> Ragnarok Mobile is going into pre or like I, they do it. They know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> actually, I know for Ragnarok Mobile because it's it's fucking Ragnarok, and I gotta I gotta cover it, even though it's not English. But we'll figure it out. But, it is uh, Ragnarok. You'll find out. You'll figure it out. Back to Moonlight Blade for a second. Yeah, I really like it. Uh, the combat system's pretty neat. You can pick people up and throw them on the ground, and like you can beat them up, stuff like that. And I thought that was pretty cool. It's can just you compare it to like Blade and Soul because like uh, I I didn't actually play the game, so uh, it's not as tactical. sort of, sort of, but not really. Um, it's missing an active dodge like that works the way that Blade and Soul does and like an active block. The the active dodge works more like, you know, in more tab targeting MMOs where you have the dodge and um, it kind of works, but it's not like you, you can't do those like pair, like barely missing moments. You know what I mean? It, but if you can predict what abilities they're going to use, you can do the active dodge. But there is no active block 100%. And it's not as. No, I, what active. I'm saying is it has an active dodge. It's just, it's not like. You're not going to be using the iframes the same way you would in a game mm-hmm. with like like Blade and Soul. It's more like you just use it to get out. It's like more of a mobility thing than it is anything else. It seems kind of like a wasted. It's not. Yeah, it's it's not quite like Blade and Soul where you can just totally dominate. You know, if they spam all their skills, they're going to hit some. <laughs> and, and also, you have to aim them though. You have to aim them. It also perhaps suffers from the fact that a lot of the even the basics are like AOEs. I mean, mm-hmm. a, a lot of your attacks are AOEs and, and arc, and it's it's very obvious that it's meant to be mostly up against, like, 
the PvE at least is meant to be up against a lot of enemies at once because it hits all of them in that arc. I don't know how the PvP is yet because I haven't gotten there, but um, it, it's very clearly meant to be very Dynasty Warriors esque, and that you hit everything and you like can knock them into the air and you can like knock them on the ground and it's just, it's 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 a lot of beating the shit out of a lot of things at once. But I imagine the PvP changes that. Interesting. Oh yeah. It's- <laughs> The problem is if you if you want to do some of that PvP stuff in um in the Chinese version, it's going to be difficult because ping will play a pretty big role. Unfortunately, yeah. If you're playing from the East Coast, you will have like two hundred and thirty at the minimum. That's mm-hmm. your minimum ping, and it's pretty bad. It spikes to over three hundred, and I don't have a way to improve that yet. So it's uh, been pretty bad. Most importantly, if you want to try this game, uh, it's only available in China, but luckily. Uh, the crew here Luckily. Has, has some Tencent QQ accounts available for sale in the link uh, below in the Twitch description. And these will also let you play Moonlight Blade along with a whole bunch of other games that are on the Tencent launcher. So uh, if you're interested and you like the graphics, what you see here, give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Revelation Online uh, is going to be CBT3 again this week. Uh, do you think hype is going to carry over? Because Revelation 1 and 2 uh, closed betas were hella packed. Uh, yes, I do. I do think the hype's going to carry over. I think some people are still kind of, uh, they're in purgatory. Um, <laughs> they're looking for the next game to play. They probably played CBT1, CBT2. I wonder, do you, I don't know if the characters carry over. I do know the max level's been raised to over 60. Characters are continuing to carry over for the time being. They won't go into open beta, I bet, but for no, now. That makes sense, cool. though, because it would definitely suck to repeat the same content, however many closed betas they plan on having. Especially uh, so yeah. up to level 69. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that there's new content, I think uh, many people who did, whoever stuck around for CBT2, I think they'll definitely uh, continue playing. I may even reinstall it and check it out again. Um, just like we talked about before, I mean, I do think it's, it's, it is it's the big dog on the horizon, and it's guaranteed to be coming out soonish. Some, when... uh, we, should, we should clarify, too, because we said a uh, few things in the, in the Moonlight Blade stream that were a little bit inaccurate. Moonlight Blade is actually... A very popular game in China. We probably played on an emptier server because it was a recommended server. Because we did see it on on, on like the top list for some of the most popular games. So Moonlight Play is definitely bigger, definitely bigger than uh than Revelation Online currently is in China. Number oh, eleven. Really? Okay. okay. And Revelation is number twenty two, which means that it's at least twice as popular. But what we really what it really means is that it's probably more like five times as popular. Yeah. Right. Right. And one more thing, guys. Uh, if you guys want to play Revelation Online, new round of closed beta testing. If you ever got a closed beta key in the past, you do not need a new one. However, if you never got a key and you want to play the game, we have a giveaway for you guys right now in the stream. I'm going to give you guys all keys. And I'm going to drop the link in the chat. It should be for every, It should be enough for everyone in here if they want one. And remember, you do not need one if you, uh, if you got a key in the past. It's for people that never had a Revelation key and they want to check out the next round of CBT3. Did you say we have keys? We got keys. I got got them during the stream, and I'm giving them away right now. I had no idea. That's a beautiful link, uncategorized. Yeah, I don't don't want anyone else to get it. Nobody else is getting it. It's purely (laughs) for you guys, all right? You get a car, and you get a car, and you get a car, (laughs) except the Revelation CBT3 keys. Maybe you can get a car in Revelation when the game goes down in five years, and they decide, let's put in modern stuff. I got those damn kitty cat balloons, hot air well, balloons. 
Terra has cars. Why not? Yeah, MapleStory's oh. got them. Terra's got them. Let's add some cars to MMOs. You know, make it spice it up. <laughs> well, is this our famous segment now? Is this? Are we moving into our interesting shit of the week? We the are things that impact are. us and moved us and brought tears to our eyes. Yeah, we said tears to the eyes. I got to bring up Hero Wars. All right, that's tears. Oh, are take it away. Tears are coming to the eyes, boys. Hero Wars is temporarily shutting down on March 26th. It's not what you want to hear if you play Hero Wars, because anytime a game temporarily shuts down, it's usually a pretty bad sign. I mean, temporarily can very often just turn into permanent, unfortunately. I like the uh, indefinitely, temporarily. You know, well, what... they say it's going to take possibly at least a year. So What? Ooh, a year? Yeah, that's what I'm reading. Uh, apparently oh, there's a fact that says it may take until spring 2018. It's a long mm -hmm. time. I, I think a lot of that is that, like, okay, so they started putting in changes. I mean, I've said it before that it was 32 pages of changes, apparently. So they started putting in changes. I imagine they didn't put in enough changes, so it's, like, different from the Korean version, but it's not, like, as different as they want it to be and as, like, cinematic as I hear they want it to be. Mm -hmm. And they also didn't have the PvP mode, which is being completely redesigned, I hear. So, I mean... There's a lot of work that's going into this, and I think they may have just released it prematurely. But seeing as you know they felt that way, why did they just release? Because the South Korean version is still going. I mean, obviously we we don't have a gauge on how successful the South Korean version is. Why not just why, why even redevelop it from the get go? I mean, as you said, they, they did want to change a lot, but is maybe that was that was a bad decision? I don't know. It it. I mean, I think the developers just saw an opening and they went for it. I feel like too if, often they feel like they have to they have to like polish it up for Western release, and that kind of ends up, you know, stalling it out. Just just release it as is. I think <laughs> the costs are lower that way too, and it's when your costs are lower, they have a better chance of success too, in my opinion. Please get rid of that browser plugin to launch the game. That would be a and put it on <laughs> put it on Steam. All right, put it, put that game on Steam. I think you'll you'll do a lot better. I was saying the content was lacking and balance was wacky, and obviously the the browser the browser plugin is definitely not good. The browser plugin was problematic because it was a browser plugin, and then you had to install a matching launcher for the browser plugin, which then installed the game. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> big problem. And, and it was it was a matching launcher. It wasn't like an all uh, one size fits all launcher. It was a matching mm -hmm. one for your browser. I mean, it was so weird. You know, a lot of the Korean and I think Chinese games still launch from a browser, if I remember correctly, because you do have the Nexon Game Manager for Korean, Korean games. You have most to, like, of the Korean ones. I don't yeah, think so, Chinese ones do really. It's just silly. I mean, come on, put it on Steam already. That's your best chance of success. Yeah, I hope in a year from now we see it. It's on Steam, and I think it will do really well because it'll get the publicity it needs and an easy install. I think it could do much better. But you know what? I got to give them this at least. They see issues, they want to fix them, they're willing to take the time. I guess it's better. And I don't think it ever got the widespread awareness. No, I mean, we talk about it because we're MMOs.com, but maybe this way when I guess it fully <laughs> releases, because it wasn't really a full release at the time, it, it does much better and they get it right. They get whatever it is they want it to be. I think non, like, like I feel like this game would benefit a lot from being on Steam because I feel yes. like it's actiony and people who like typically think MMORPG they think tap they, they they have a very specific stereotype and I feel like Hero, Hero Wars is one of those games that would appeal to people that don't necessarily love MMORPGs because people when they view when they think MMORPG they often think like weak combat you know but some of the combat in Hero Wars is actually a lot of fun and you got damage charts all right damage and... charts for the win so this this game would rock on Steam I think it has much better chance on Steam more so than 
the typical uh, MMORPGs. And I also think it can't be understated that developing the game, like redeveloping it for the Western, like the global version while it's live is like maybe more than they were willing to yeah. take on. Mm. I mean, they, they may have thought they could have done it, but maybe once they saw like how many like balance issues and how many problems people were having with like various changes they were making, maybe it was just too much to do like the entire redevelopment, keep the Korean version alive and deal with all the issues that people are like leaving the game over actively. Yeah. Developing live, not a not a great idea. I, I just um, hope it's not dated in you know, even no more so in a year. That's a, that's a lot in gaming terms, that's a long time. Remember mm-hmm. Erhan, the average PC is not too great, so it won't <sighs> be dated for the majority of people. <laughs> also remember the larger MMO genre doesn't advance as fast as other games. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll see you in a year. <laughs> All right, what's not, what's next on the docket? Are we ready we to the... cry again? We're doing a lot of crying today. Right, do cry the crying. Do the crying. I, I need I need our uh, our little. We have our little. Here we go. So anyway, Asheron's call, if you haven't heard, is uh, going goodbye forever, uh, unfortunately. And there was a, a quite a heartfelt video of a older gentleman who has played Asheron's call for years. And what he thinks about the game and how he feels about the closure. I think we should gotcha. just watch this just, video. Yeah, let it run. I haven't seen it. True. Good. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Then. It's quite good. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching it right now. Look at the three monitors. He's got his buffer. <laughs> He's got his team. <laughs> okay, Grandpa, tell us a little bit what you're doing right now. I'm gonna get my characters to go fight a war. This character was developed in 03. Holy crap. I have one that was made in 99. This character is played for three months, three days, and three hours. That's my bow character. What's the, the name again? And that's Blackheart. And Moss Zapper is the one that was created in 99. It's a bunch. I have a lot, I've uh, created friends from England, uh, New York, uh, all, all over the States. It's a great team. Do you have any funny moments or favorite moments you've had with this game? Yeah, at the beginning, I have to lie down in order to heal. Uh, the game has come a long way. And I've had a lot of fun playing. Do you think you'll be able to find a game similar to this one? Did you check out anything else? No, I don't. I, everything that looks like crap compared to this game. <laughs> <laughs> PvP or PvE, Grandpa? I tried uh, the game. Dark with, Tide. Dark Tide, but it wasn't my wasn't my my style of game. What? Can you tell me that? Because I, I didn't like getting killed by friends. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us that one story where you lost all your gear. Yeah, I got pissed one night and came, uh, went on the game. Big mistake. 
What happened? Well, I lost all my gear. <laughs> <laughs> I came home almost naked. <laughs> it's the most. A, a time that I can call my own. Great, great time when I had it, yep. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've always been in leaf call pretty well. I've got uh, a total of something like 80 characters, I'm sure. That's what I got in total with all my games. It's a lot. Yeah, take care. That's it. <laughs> You're done? You're sending me away? Yeah, I am. Do you want to blow a kiss to your new <laughs> well, fans? I know, I'm, I'm having my fail. Okay, love you, Grandpa. Love you. Yeah, I love you too. <laughs> Alright, that was, that was so endearing and like sad in yeah. some ways, but... A time uh, I can call my own yeah. is probably the best summary. Yeah, that was Playing really... a game, real heartfelt. So, my, my but everything line. looks like crap yeah. compared to this game, though. That's... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything else is crap compared to Asheron's call. So that's how you know he's a real gamer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can we also uh, just talk about how he, he's what every gamer should aspire to be. 80 alts, and he still puts three months into one of them. Yeah, that's <laughs> insane. That is nuts. I love how he multi-boxes, too. He's like, he's like all, everyone else in the game is shitters. I gotta play with my... I, I, yeah, I my Yo, that guy's got a triple monitor. That's more than a lot of you scrubs out there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so yeah, he literally has multiple computers, though, not like triple monitors on one. <laughs> it's a very humanizing video because it shows you, you know, we see Ashron's Call is shutting down, right? And we think, mm -hmm. okay, none of us are playing Ashron's Call. Mm -hmm. But then we see this guy, because most of the time we look at people and we just see a username. But then we see this guy, older guy, and he, he loves the game. He's not, like, he's not like crying or anything, but he's just having a good time. And it reminds me, there's people playing these games and they love these worlds. And when they shut down, they're without a home. I mean, at least this guy is, and it's unfortunate. And it's sad, and it kind of it, it gets you right in the right in the heart there. Yeah, it really it's shows you, how, you know, for us, you know, if a game we like shuts down, you know, we can we can still hop into a new game. But I mean, at that age and with that kind of investment in time, you know, you, I mean, based on his lifespan, he, he literally cannot put that many years into another game. He doesn't. He he's out of rope. You know, he doesn't have enough rope for another game like that. So it's a it's a much bigger hit. He's been playing since 1999, he said, I believe, mm -hmm. his mm -hmm. first character. And he has 80 alts. That is nuts. 80. He, he must. This, wow, that's incredible. You know, he's a real gamer. He's got a toilet paper next to his desk, too, all right? Every real gamer's yeah, got I toilet paper. I saw that. All right. It's, it's way more efficient than tissues, all right? Tissues are more expensive. You get way more mileage out of toilet paper. That good is... deal, good deal. Um, and it's true. The sad part about this is it really didn't have to happen because year uh, over a year ago, I believe, Dashers Call People at Turbine said that they wanted to help the community keep the servers running as a private server, basically like an authorized fan project, and that completely fell apart. So that was a real double whammy because you know someone like him, even playing a few months ago, probably was under the assumption that even if Turbine let the game go, he he wouldn't have to go anywhere. He you know everything would be the same for on his end. So, How did it fall apart? What happened uh, exactly? They never announced it. They just, uh, when they decided to shut it down, they said, oh yeah, about that whole letting you guys run the server? Yeah, we no, that's not happening. And it was like, sure, the problem was they literally said, don't worry, guys, we're going to release tools to let you make your own servers. It's gonna, the developer said this, like, it's going to happen, don't worry. Like, we're working on this, you know, we, we want the game to go on. 
And like, uh, never mind, we're not gonna do that. Okay, by the, oh, by the way, the game is shutting down, and we're not doing that's, that. That's really scummy. Is, yeah. Yeah, we gave them like the Grinch award because that was right around Christmas. You know, they announced that news that the game is gonna shut down for good. Wow. That sucks. I mean, I I think we can all aspire to be this guy again, to be, you know, seventy four years old playing video games. That's the dream. The dream. <laughs> Probably will. I mean. I've been playing games this long, right? So well, yeah, we well, ain't stopping anytime soon. Just mean that this guy started late. That's it. He yeah. pro actually no, he didn't start. He probably started like right when it, right at the birth of MMO. Yeah, yeah, there you go. He didn't start last year. He literally played one of the first MMORPGs. All yeah. right. Fun fact: Ashram's Call came out about a month after EverQuest, so it's it's definitely it's older than the 21st century. There you go. Holy crap, dude! Wow. Um, it's a fun way to put it, isn't it? He's like your. That's like it. That's like an elder I can respect, right? There. <laughs> <laughs> this this just in. Shu does not respect elders except for this guy. I can imagine <laughs> this guy killing somebody. Be like, yo, get get shot on, kid. <laughs> this is. Do, do, you think he, do you think he learned all that lingo? Like even though he's like, oh, definitely. I mean, he yeah, has yeah. to, right? He's like yeah. a gamer. Do you call people noobs and stuff? And, you know, oh, that'd be hilarious <laughs> if this guy was like the most toxic gamer. <laughs> <laughs> Non-stop reads the people in game. Oh, that'd be hilarious. If that was if that was true. I'd have more respect for him then, right? It would have been great, like like because like his office looks like so like like normal like older person office. It'd be yeah. like hilarious if it had like a couple cans of Monster that were like opened already and it's just like sitting. He has Mountain Dew code red on his table. Yeah. <laughs> There's a deleted scene where he said, "Watch this, Susie. I'm gonna call this one a shitter." <laughs> <laughs> PK's newbies. <laughs> and he, he like types it like real slow, like get good scrub. <laughs> you can actually say yeah, yeah. You can say uh, get shed on kid, and you can actually be justified in calling someone a kid. All right, I this know, is true. Right? You can call anyone a freaking kid, and it would be legit. <laughs> I guess uh, in summary, we're sorry to see Astron's call go, and I hope the people who played it and invest all their time can find another home. But yeah. it's uh. Fuck off, daybreak. <laughs> I, well, it's fine. That mentality that this is the best game and like and nothing else compares. It really does hold water for a lot of us. I think we mm -hmm. all have very. We all like love our like. I love Ultima Online, even though like the game is ugly as fuck today. And I would never <laughs> recommend it to anyone today. Despite that, like, I, I still think it's the best game. Like the best game I've ever made, right? In my in my mind, because of how I grew up with it, and I, I can still look at it today and play it and enjoy it. But you know, in my mind, that's the best game. And just like in his mind, Ashron's Call is the best game. Everything else is shit compared to it. You know. I think we all kind of feel that way, at least to some regard, to our favorite games. Absolutely. People say RuneScape, for example, is their best game, and nothing and nothing else compares. There are uh, there are a lot of attempts to save Asheron's Call going on right now, like a Change.org petition. I oh, think that was a server things. effort. Uh, there's there's a few things going on. I think someone was trying to like raise money to buy it. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> we we need a presidential. Uh decree to save Asheron's call. All right, somebody call up Obama. All right, get him. Get Ob him. Obama's on the way out. We got to call Trump. Before he comes out, before he gets out. All right, Trump. Trump Trump is a is a modern gamer, right? He play he plays Black Desert. He plays right? Call he of Duty. Call, what are you talking about? Trump Trump is a Call of Duty player. Please. It's it's written all over his Trump, face. What is Trump going to do? Go like this is the best game that we have ever played. <laughs> the people are tremendous. The game is tremendous. We must save Great. it. <laughs> Gonna say make MMORPGs great again, and then we're gonna force Ashron's Call to come back, and uh, that's that's how you that's how you win. This is the last podcast with Obama in office. 
Well, uh, so we true. all know now that Obama's gonna go play Maple Story for the rest of his days. He's getting he's gonna get the the, the fifth jobs, you know. He's like he's level two hundred. He'll be our podcast guest next week. Oh wow! So really, really looking forward to it. Excellent. Do you know that there's a game that we thought was uh, dead in the water, and it's actually been saved? Uh, okay. It doesn't happen too often. Uh, it was the repopulation. Well, whether or not it's saved may be a different story, but Idea Fabric, the company that owns Hero Engine, actually bought the repopulation, and it's expected to return in the first quarter of 2017. This th this whole thing is baffling because <laughs> first off, the idea fabric doesn't have enough money to like keep the servers open. It seems like <laughs> <laughs> then the repopulation gets turned into an Unreal Engine four game that starts as a survival game. Now uh, the developer of the repopulation is selling it and focusing on their survival game, which isn't doing very well, by the way. And it's sad because everyone that owns the repopulation got a free copy, so it's really really not doing well. Yeah, I played and, it. Um, I just, I, where the fuck did the money come from? Like, I, I don't get it. <laughs> did it they sell for investors. like five dollars? Probably, probably. It's one of those situations where the developer ran out of money, and essentially they were probably bought for like a dollar, and then, then they're gonna keep developing it now. And the, the guy who sold it probably gets a piece of the revenue, and he probably still mm -hmm. works there. The designers. So there's no way this no, this the, sold for the, any meaningful amount of money. The designers aren't with them anymore. Designers are still working on Fragmented. Oh, they, they probably bought it for like nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. There, yeah. There's oh. a survival game that really isn't doing well. That The one that they got, everyone that bought the repopulation got it for free. Let's remember, too, uh, Matt, Fragmented was developed to try and raise money to keep developing the repopulation. Yeah, yeah, I remember so that. Very, yeah. It's very weird to hear this turn of events. Well, also, it was developed so that the people that may, are um, paid for the repopulation would have something to play while they redeveloped it. But that was that was the biggest bullshit I heard. I remember the second that a Sorella game was announced, this repopulation, this whole company was bullshit. Okay, you can't say like, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna dedicate all our time to making this new game so we can better work on our old game." No, that doesn't work. You know, you want to make a game, you work on it. All right, you don't make a second <laughs> game. To, to fund your first game because what does that say about making survival games it's just cut and paste you go you go on github and download some pre-made survival <laughs> game package and you just slap it together and throw it up i just i just don't get where the money came from i'm so confused <laughs> and i just don't get where uh okay idea fabric went through a restructuring like they straight up restructured so who are they taking off of the what is probably now a skeleton crew working on the engine to work on this game. Like, what is going on? It's <laughs> a good know. question. This process, this process is rough. I think I played this game like over six years ago. And I, I is, that this, is this the one where the role-playing police one? No, that was Face of Mankind. Oh yeah, yeah. I somehow confused it too. They kind of look similar. Uh, the Repopulation, if you don't know, is essentially, at least touted, is a Star Wars Galaxies spiritual oh, game. Oh, it's the one with the ripped off assets um, for like the menus and stuff. No, 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 no. No, no not that's that That's another one. one. Oh. That's another Star Wars Galaxies spiritual that's, that's, that's the Voldemort one. Alright, I forgot, I in remember conclusion, Altai has no idea what this game is, so it clearly couldn't have sold for more than like 10 bucks. Uh, <laughs> maybe, actually, maybe 15. I... Bought it for twenty bucks. What? What? You paid money? You paid more than the Hero Engine guys did, and they got the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> they got the whole the, the source code. 
Uh, this just tells you don't buy early access unless you We've enjoy been saying being that. screwed. I've been saying that forever. And I, I love to be screwed, so I got screwed. Nice. Mission accomplished. See, no, what you need to do, you need to buy early access game and get at least as many hours out of it as you paid in dollars. Then there when it go. shuts down or they cancel it, you don't have anything to worry about because you've already gotten your fill. There's <laughs> <laughs> truth in that. All right. Speaking of some quality, quality uh, game design. All right, guys. Shu and I did a late night live stream, I think, on, on Saturday where we came up with the best MMO, the perfect MMO. And you you three will be our judge. You two will be our I, I can't count. You two, Matt and uh, you three. Matt got being all Jesus Christ. I forgot I'm people are on this two points for you calling it perfect already. Okay. Well, that's what it's. It's actually called PMMO. The P is questionable because P stands for perfect, but you can put whatever you want there. This is our magnum opus, show. This is our magnum oh, opus. Oh, God, it's a picture. <laughs> All right. What is going on? I'm going to walk you through. boobs in the combat I will. I will walk you through the thought process of two genius designers, all right? We worked on this with the help uh, of our viewers, all right? Step there one. boobs in the combat section. It's very important. You'll understand why, all right? <laughs> Step one. <laughs> We're copying the character creator in Perfect World slash BDO. And I put pictures there and why that's amazing, all right? We're going to have the best character customization ever because we're going to copy Perfect World and BDO. Our progression will be like Final Fantasy XIV and Final Fantasy XI because we thought we, we, we as a stream came up with uh, that was the most uh, interesting class system in games. And our combat system is, uh, is, is going to be like action combat similar to Boob and Soul, which is why you see a lot of boobs there, all right? We're going to copy Terra and Blade and Soul. And our environments will copy uh, Moonlight Blade, Black Desert Online in terms of a seamless open world, Bless, and with persistent housing elements and crafting similar to Rust. Perfect game, yes or no? Okay. The only Western game I see what? in this picture is Rust. So <laughs> for, for me, too much weeb right off the bat. What? Wow. What's wrong with the concept? We're combining essentially we're combining elements of games. I don't think any of these elements are mutually exclusive either. These I think these can all work well with within each other. You know, I found like on on that real quick on what yeah. on what all tasted. I found that a lot of people use that excuse all the time. Even when I worked at Riot, like I'd have an idea, I'd be like, "Hey, what do you guys think about this idea?" And they couldn't refute anything about my ideas. They would say, "Oh, that's too weeb." I'm not, I'm not even joking. That like actually happened. Well, remember, you. What if people use that? The opposite. <laughs> the opposite happens just as often. Don't forget. A lot of people won't play games, right? That don't have enough of that kind of colorful, cutesy look. So you need. A, I think you need a happy medium. Uh, between the two. I don't think you should be able to say that about anything either way. Like, like what? That game is like from China, so I don't play. Like what? <laughs> I feel like dark and light is going to hit a few of these. Uh... Yes, it is. It's going to hit a few of these, I think. <laughs> I think the only one it's not going to hit is like the progression system. Mm -hmm. But I think, I mean, obviously our goal was to just kind of find what elements of games we really like and put it in a, a theoretical. I mean, obviously putting all this together into a coherent game is is really the challenge and the impossible part or near impossible part. But I do think these elements could work really well together. I think no other game, I think survival games are the only games that really capture some of the, like, real world resources and the real world like crafting uh, persistent crafting and stuff so that element of rust 
and survival games I really like. <laughs> and I, I would love to see that incorporated in like a like the world the world of Moonlight played felt massive, right? And the problem is, of course, with a massive, cool looking world, is it's not gonna have meaning and context. But you can you can add that context pretty easily, I think, if you have the crafting stuff in there. And because uh, players can make their own villages, their own towns, the same way you do in Rust. And I, I, I don't know. I, I would just gush of an MMORPG, like a Rust MMORPG with co- action combat and progressive classes. Like That would be like my dream game. Sounds like Nostaria, but Nostaria got canceled ages ago. Well, never, never played it or heard of it, unfortunately. Nostaria had this really cool idea where uh, it had like kind of survival game type resource gathering. And what would happen is there would only be a certain amount of resources in the world and buildings would decay. So... Whenever a building decays, the resources that were used mm-hmm. for the building would go back into the pool that could then spawn as like trees or rocks. That's cool. So there was a limit. There was a finite amount that was recycled based on when mm-hmm. uh, buildings decayed. That's really cool. Uh, how how long ago was this? Because I feel like maybe the technology. Ten years was... ago. Okay, yeah, the, I'm sure. Like the, the concept was amazing. I think if they, if they tried to do that today, I think it'd be a little easier because we've already seen games like implement some of the, some of the technologies. Or at least eight years ago. Yeah. But whatever. All right, who wants to, who wants to fund this on Kickstarter, boys? We we need we need at least hundred million dollars. I think we need to copy this image exactly. Oh yeah, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna mail this to Nexon corporate headquarters in South Korea. Okay, not even the the California headquarters. This is going to their corporate headquarters in a, in a, in a single envelope with no other information. My contact at the bottom will say, you know, no contact information. Mmos.com is already on it. They can find me from there. <laughs> we'll send it to Blizzard. We'll send it to Tencent. We'll send it to uh, send it to everyone. All right. Snail games, why not? Why don't you just put it up on Indiegogo? <laughs> See how much money we get? Email list. Like one of those like Duker, Duker Kickstarter sites. <laughs> I think boys. what really sells it is the writing with a uh, mouse. Yes, yeah. that was key. That was that. that <laughs> Matt, Matt, there's a reason I did that. See, it shows the the handcrafting like soul I'm putting into the work, right? If you just type it out, there's no soul, all right? We, doing it with my hand makes it very personable, all right? Personable. Per, that's a word I just made up. I think it's a word, isn't it? Personable. Pers- uh, personable. If we're gonna, I'll take your little uh, sheet here seriously for a minute. Uh, one, one critique or suggestion I'd have is for the environment section, I don't mm. think it's enough to have a big open world. In fact, by itself, that is basically nothing. I, think I agree, need- which is why the rust is in there. No, no, even that. You need context for me. Uh, and what I'm, especially for an MMORPG, if it's going to be a world I spend time in, I want it to I want it to be living and breathing. And for example, there's many ways to do that. You can rely on your existing franchise like WoW does, right? Where when I go to Stormwind, uh, I'm impressed not just by the buildings and stuff, but the, the fact that I've, I've seen this before in, you know, other games. Or EverQuest, where you had the walking NPCs talking to each other. You could talk to them and do like quests. Not not wild quest where you player, kill five rats. No player towns. Remember Star Wars Galaxies, the the towns that people made on their own. Like, sure. That's what the rust element throws in there. I feel like I agree with you. A massive world in and of itself, like like the one we saw in Moonlight Blade, in and of itself has no real meaning in context. Mm-hmm. Which is why the rust element of people crafting their own towns, their buildings, can really that that's where all the value will come from. Otherwise, and and the resource the resource nodes can be placed in like difficult to reach spots. The the more dangerous places you put them, the better resource they are. You can so, add the context through player created content. Okay, that's so that's the best thing. It's like the, yeah. it's player created content. It's just free content for the developers, really. You remember Star Wars Galaxies? There was no. a player town we yes, hid out at. Yes, but you know what else Star Wars Galaxies had? A hint, it's the first two words Star Wars. Okay, so my point is in Rust, where you play for a day or a week before the next wipe, 
you know, there won't be any wipes though in this. No, I get it. But it that's why it works in Rust. It won't work in MRPG. People are going to get bored of this contextless world if it's just player. The con- they but, but you, games you like need, Moonlight Blade exist without the, with the giant world need, and no context. Well, if you're making a, if you're talking about Altai's perfect MRPG, I need a context. I want to be a, a, a character in a bigger world, and that world could be the Star Wars world. It could be the World of Warcraft world, or it could be Here's EverQuest. A problem, my critique of that problem no world created by developers can match that it has to be a living world created by players updated by players a living breathing world is the players in that world. i mean they don't rule each other out you can have the player run towns within the larger context well that's why you design the rest of the the rest of the other stuff other village and stuff i also need a deep lore there you go i i need i need to see um narrative environmental narrative like um I want to see that there's a world that exists independently of my actions. And I think that's part of the reason why I'm drawn to uh, a game like Vanilla, where I already know the context, right? And I feel like this world's going to continue to exist without me or other players. Because if you look at Rust, have you ever been to a Rust server after, you know, a couple weeks? It's just a shit show. I mean, uh, dated Rust servers are fucking shit shows, you know, par excellence it's just buildings everywhere they have you know it's, it's just garbage everywhere it's, it's building it's dilapidated buildings it's signs with middle fingers on them you need that reset <laughs> so there has to be there's a happy medium between the two i'm not sure what it is exactly but i think you definitely need a little bit of both remember not everybody cares about yeah. just that emergent gameplay element in fact i think i think more people don't want to be bothered with that or don't look for that in their games and that's why like uh, sandbox games are appealing to a certain personality where that where that is your core gameplay <laughs> but why not have like I mean, I mean you could you could kind of have have both in a way like you could design it in such a way that like <laughs> the world like reclaims itself like after a while you know like I mean, if you if you don't you know you don't log mm-hmm. into like this building i mean if you don't you know if the owner doesn't log in or like use this building it like eventually decays and then trees grow again and you know you could just have that happen you know so what, what we've it learned goes from, on without you. What we've learned from here, this discussion is, uh, Omar and Shu, in fact, failed at creating the perfect game because there are there are some uh, critiques being had here, and uh, we'll have to we'll have to revisit the idea perhaps in the post game. Einstein was critiqued. All the great geniuses were critiqued. <laughs> All right. When Shu and I raise a million dollars for this game, you will not be on the credits, sir. Right. You will not bask in the oh, wealth. Time for some peer review. All right, get 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 peer reviewed. Let's get out of here, guys. Anyone, anything uh, else? Last words for YouTube before yeah, Matt, we... Matt, take it with mm-hmm. dark and light, and then we'll, we'll cut it, because this is kind of related. All right, <laughs> so right. moving on to what I think this sounded a bit like. Uh, dark and light isn't... It's been confirmed it's not coming out this month. We don't know about next month or the month after that, but it's not going to come out this month. But and... it was confirmed to come out by the end of 2016 at one point, and then the JK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, confirmations but... don't mean jack. Not this month. Sadly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, yeah, you're right, Matt. What what they kind of described here, Dark Knight Light has the best chance of matching of anything we've seen so far. So hopefully we'll get to play that sometime this year. Mm-hmm. Also, if you guys haven't seen it, there is a pretty badass video that is on IGN of somebody taming a dragon. Ooh. Wow. Well, let me drop this in here. There you go. Somehow they got an exclusive, I think. Wow. Snail Games. Born to dream. Not, I've never heard of this game. Is that is that bad? Like, uh, I um, think we talked about it. It's like it's like Ark, but like more persistent, more players per server. Uh, 
and it's, it's and it's Chinese and it's bigger. <laughs> well, um, everything in China is bigger. It's uh, the dicks. Wow. All right, we're gonna call for right. YouTube right there. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> you know. Wow. Uh, I, I I speak the truth. All right, later, guys. For YouTube at least. Holy shit. <laughs>